0: Uh, hi, Shelly. Hi, Mary. This is going to be a weird episode.
1: Yeah, your, uh, your mom passed away. She did. So that, that brings up for many and for you, especially a lot of emotions that are basically all over the spectrum. It's complicated.
0: Yeah. So rather than try to do some sort of cheery podcast with a bunch of fun segments like Pirate God and stuff, I just was like, I'm going to just talk about it. That doesn't mean we won't laugh. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. So we're going to talk about it. Well, let's do it then. We also have a an apology. Yes. So we are going to get to that right after the break. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Latter Day Lesbian. Today's podcast is about an ex-evangelical gay girl trying to process her shit. That's you. That's me. I'm Shelley. I'm Mary. Uh, Before we get into it, let's
1: apologize. Yeah, quick apology. We were listening back to uh, a previous episode where we spoke about the difference in uh, raising children when your ex spouse or ex partner has different ideals, morals, values uh, than you do, and the struggle it is to um, raise kids. Yeah, that was the co parenting episode. Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. few weeks ago. Two gotcha. weeks ago? I don't know. I don't know. You probably remember. <laughs> anyway, there was a part in it when we listened back, um, and it was like, I don't like the way that came out. I don't like the way that uh, sounded because that's actually not how I actually feel.
0: So it was a part where we were talking about how y- your ex maybe is a little transphobic.
1: I would say so. I He probably wouldn't agree with that, and that's fine. He can think what he thinks about himself. I feel... Like when I said, you know, that's fine. He can have his own opinions. Everyone can have their own opinions. I just, you're like I, You're not saying he's wrong, basically. C- correct. I was saying, I don't feel like he's wrong in his opinion. Like
0: he's entitled to his opinion. Right. I'm not saying he's wrong. Right. But maybe we are saying he's, he's wrong. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I do feel like in that instance, it is wrong. And I'm not saying that to rip on him. I'm just saying, like, I really don't agree with that point of view as far as trans issues go. And I don't think it's okay for children to hear from any parent any kind of language that would go against another population. A
0: marginalized group, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So any statement that might come across as homophobic or transphobic or even racist, Mm -hmm. you know, that— we want to speak up against.
1: Right. For sure. Right. And we will always be allies of every marginalized group. Yeah.
0: So when we tried to sort of skirt over that issue and make it seem like, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, actually, when it's sort of hateful rhetoric, no, yeah, we're going to speak up against that. Correct. So sorry,
1: that's our bad. Yeah. Yeah. The way it came across is actually not the way that we feel. Mm-hmm. So, correction. Our bad. We are sorry if that hurt anyone. We're sorry if anyone was confused by our comments. We still and always will stand up for the rights of marginalized groups. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 100%. Okay. So I feel better about that. Good. Me too.
0: Good. Yeah. So my mom passed away. Gosh, what day was it? Friday. At this point. It was last Friday. When this comes out, it'll have been uh, add a week to that or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Wow, you know, complicated stuff, right? yeah,
1: so she had been in the hospital, yeah, so everyone knows she broke her she broke her shoulder, was mm-hmm. recovering from that fell and broke her hip mm-hmm. went to the hospital had surgery mm-hmm. was let's just say never recovered from that no um and it just went down the hill from from there and that's how we are to where we are now. Well, she already had emphysema
0: mm-hmm. and then she developed pneumonia, right so, Part of my issue right now is with our healthcare system. So, they want you to leave the hospital kind of as soon as you get there. They don't want you to hang around. Yeah, patch them up, get them out. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had a poster on the wall about this three day plan. Like the three day, you're going home. Do you remember? Oh, I don't. That wasn't See that? That was in her second room that she had in the hospital. Dear God,
1: that's like when yeah. they had this rule of of, of uh, like at McDonald's or whatever drive throughs. They don't want the passenger to sit in the drive through for more than thirty <laughs> seconds from the time that they order. Otherwise, they get a ding. Oh, like they get a bad um, rating, and so that's why they tell—that's why they have people, hey, can you please pull forward into mm-hmm. waiting area one? Because then that won't show up as them having sat in line for that long. Great. So it's like fast
0: food and health care. Yes. The fast food of health care? Okay, yes. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I saw that poster. I was like, okay, that explains a lot. That's why they kind of put her on the rehab list Yeah. to go into this rehab facility. The facility was also a long-term care facility, but because— Medicare insurance was involved. The only way Medicare would pay for it is if she was on a path to rehabilitation. Right.
1: Did you see her in the rehab? No. Okay. Well, she wasn't um, there long.
0: A day and a half.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I was then back she here. Breathe
0: anymore. I was back here packing. That's right. Because we we're moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's also that. Yeah. Uh, no, she was. She was in there for a minute, and they were trying to get her to stand on her broken hip. Hmm. <sighs> like as soon as she's exerting herself her oxygen levels would drop. Yeah.
1: Let's remember she's 89 and like what 80 pounds? I and mean, uh, she's tiny. Probably
0: more than that but not by much.
1: Yeah. Tiny, no muscle mass. Mhm. So frail. But we got a so rehab. Weak. We're we're rehabbing yeah. her.
0: Yeah. I know and I had this conversation with a doctor that this is not a rehab situation. Yeah. So that was probably the hardest part for me. Yeah. Was seeing her suffer. Yeah. And it had to be the hardest part for her, too. Sure. That last couple weeks was painful for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. And I never want to see a human suffer in this way. She had bed sores. Mm -hmm. She was in so much pain.
1: Yeah, I was there when they had to um, roll her to change her bed sheets. Mm -hmm. And for a woman that could barely speak... You know, not not enough oxygen can barely make sounds. Mm-hmm. The, the sounds of pain and moaning come from, coming from her was like... It was awful. There's got to be a fucking different way to do this. I know. like Horrible. Yeah.
0: And I could tell she was suffering. Yeah. Of course she was. So that was really hard. Mm-hmm. That was really, really hard. Ah. <laughs> there were so many hard parts of this.
1: Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, how long... So the most recent time was just was just barely, and that was when she passed. But I went mm-hmm. out there maybe a week before yeah. um, when she was in the hospital, and that was when she was in a lot of pain when they rolled her to change her bed sheets and stuff. But she could still carry on a conversation. Yeah, um, I could still get her to crack a smile, you know. It, it was, she was still eating a little bit. She was eating. She was being clever. She would say funny things, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just f- fucking crashed.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that, I have to tell a funny story. Oh, here we go. Catherine. I knew we were going to laugh. You said being clever. She had a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, One time she was visiting me in Atlanta. I had her to my house in Atlanta, and I had friends over. My lesbian friends came over. Mom was on Good Behavior. I think uh, their parents, somebody's parents in that set came over, too. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a little mini party. And (laughs) my friend said, You know, Catherine, you're one classy broad. And Mom said, Well, then what am I doing around you people? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I'll never forget that.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So she had her funny moments. Yeah. Oh, by the way, before we get into this some more, Shelley. Yes, Mary. Thank you for being so amazing through this process. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. (laughs) You being there. And I know we have so much going on. You just had gotten off of family in town, like extended family with brothers and nieces and nephews and mm-hmm. stuff. And I know it wasn't convenient. We're packing up our house to move yeah. in like a week. Yeah. <laughs> I know it wasn't convenient for you to come down there twice. But I really, really appreciate it. That meant a lot. And your support during that time was, I mean, I can't even measure it. Thank you, thank you yeah. for supporting me.
1: You're welcome. So, listeners, you probably, at this point of getting to know us, Mary doesn't typically wear her heart on her sleeve. Yeah. Um, she's, she's, I'm talking about you like you're not in the room. <laughs> uh, she's guarded. Yeah. She doesn't like to really express her own pain and hurt.
0: Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I know. Dogging you for I it. Yeah. Um, she doesn't, feel comfortable relying on people. And again, there's plenty of reason for that. And so, you know, Mary was never going to call me and say, hey, can you come down? I really need you. She's never going to do that. Right. Um, And so for me, it was a lot of, kind of gauging the needs and, and also balancing like, yeah, we have so much shit going on right now, I know. Like, like deadlines and moving. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is the worst, Catherine, this was the worst time for you to die. <laughs> okay. Um, and your job. I mean, is, there's so, so much going there's on. There's so—first day of school for the kids, like that was today. I mean, just so
0: much shit. I mean, my my work has been super supportive. Yeah. But you are an hourly
1: worker. Right. And so if you don't work— I don't get paid. You don't get paid. Yeah, yeah. So this, this has definitely been hard. It was the morning on Thursday, I believe it was, and I got a text from Mary. I, I said, hey, how you doing this morning? And Because you had been down with your mom— and you knew that she was about to be transported back into her apartment with hospice care. Right. Right. But, you know, no one knows how long that takes for someone to pass. No no one really knows. And so right. I was kind of like, eh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And Mary texted me and says, I just realized that this is going to be the second time where I found one of my parents dead.
0: Mm. Or potentially that it would uh, she, be.
1: Yeah. Right. You, you found your father dead. Well, no, I was just thinking— Of the three of my
0: sisters, I had a one in three chance of being the one who found her dead.
1: Well, it would likely be you because you would probably be there the most. Regardless, that hit me like no one. No one should have to do that alone. Twice. Twice, right. In that moment, it was like, I'm I'm coming down. Mm. There's nothing... You can say, you know, I've got this, I'm good, we have, no, you need, and it's just hard for you to say, I need.
0: Well, and I realized it at that moment, too, so that sort of hit me in the middle of the night. I was actually, the reason I thought it would fall to me is because I was actually sleeping in her apartment. Right. And I thought, if we can't line up a care worker Mm -hmm. to be overnight, it might be me doing that. And I just couldn't face it alone. I just couldn't. yeah. I needed you there.
1: Well, I drove down.
0: I know. It hit me in the middle of the night. I was like, oh, man, Uh uh-uh. Not again.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. No. Couldn't do it. And again, I feel like it takes the relationship that we have for me to read through your text, because your text is sort of matter of fact. (laughs) And inside, I'm like, oh, God. All right. I'm, I'm coming down, so I did a couple more things here that needed to get done, came down, and then she she passed the next morning. So. Yeah,
0: and we did line up a care worker, mm-hmm. so it didn't have to fall to any of her daughters to actually be the one to discover her. Because that is not something you ever forget, Mm-mm. especially if it's hours after. Like, for instance, if she dies in the middle of the night, which she did, she died at 4.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and you don't discover her for a few more hours, you can tell the body doesn't look great at that point. Right. So— I just didn't want to see that again. I didn't want my last memory of my mother to be that picture. Already, uh, she looked rough. Oh, skeleton. Oh, so bad. Yeah. Can barely say anything. At the end, she couldn't say anything at all. Well,
1: when, she, when they wheeled her in from the hospital and I had just arrived at the apartment, I was like, whoa, did she die in transport? Like, yeah. that? that's how far gone yeah. or whatever you want to call it she was. yeah. And I can't imagine, Mary, I know that you and her have always had a very complicated relationship. I can't imagine all of the emotions that must have brought up in in you. Well, it's
0: challenging, isn't it? Because, mm-hmm. and I want to do a podcast about this sometime, but we were taught growing up in my family to not feel emotions. Yeah, There was no crying. We were not allowed to feel sorry for ourselves. Yeah. That's what that looked like. If you cry— you feel sorry for yourself. Right. And we were not allowed to feel no. sorry for ourselves. That came from both my parents, by the way. But my mother's favorite expression was, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. There was no feeling sorry for yourself. You had to just suck keep, it up. Suck it up. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So we were not taught to show our emotions. Mm-hmm. And so that has been really challenging for me Yeah. throughout the years to even know what my emotions are. Like what am I feeling? I watch you on this podcast, Shelly, mm-hmm. feel every single thing that you talk about. And I just gaze at you in awe. Like, what must that be like to feel every single thing? I can intellectualize emotions. Mm-hmm. I can look at an experience and be like, yeah, I'm sure I felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm that sure must have that sucked. That was for really me. hard. Yeah. You know, that must have sucked. But it's hard to know what it really felt like. Yeah. Because I've practiced so long suppressing my emotions because we just weren't allowed to feel them. hmm So that's challenging. Yeah. But at the end, it was more about watching this human being just suffer. Yeah. Less about my feelings for her, which are super complicated. Sure. and A lot of it has to do with, gosh, wouldn't it have been amazing to have a bond— With a mother who took the time to understand me
1: Mm -hmm. and not love my potential. You know what I mean? Right. The potential that she saw in you that wasn't what you were. Right. Yeah. Not love me in spite of who I was,
0: Mm -hmm. but love me for exactly who I was.
1: Exactly. Not I love you even though you're gay. Yeah. Even though you're a big sinner. Right. Even though you're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that just melted my heart through this whole thing with you, Mary, is to see that. You know, I haven't seen a lot of softness or kindness between you and your mother. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable why you wouldn't want to, you know. Yeah, I don't show emotion to my mother. No, she's, she's kind of ruined that. Yeah. But to see you have like this deep, honest care for her. You know, obviously it's not a care for like, oh my gosh, you know, mom, you were so wonderful to me. I'll miss you so much. It wasn't like that. It was just like... Caring for someone suffering. Yeah. caring that for I shared someone history su- with. Exactly. Like you've known her your entire life. Yeah. Um, For better or worse. And not every moment was horrible. There were a lot of horrible moments with your mom. But you were somehow able to remove all the horrible memories in a time that she just was helpless. Yeah. And... You know, you would talk to her and hold her hand and bring her things. And I mean, I sat there in the hospital a couple of days with you and just watched you, you know, help her get her head positioned and, you know, hand feed her and talk to her. And if this was the first time I would have met you and seen you with your mom, I never would have known. Our history? Their history. Yeah. So that was just beautiful to me to see you just like soften with her and feel for her. Oh, thank you. And I think you're welcome. And I also think that, you know, we've analyzed kind of your and your mom's relationship and we've really dug into, maybe not on the podcast, but you and I really um, digged into why is your mom this way Mm -hmm. in her past and her trauma and just the realization of,
0: yeah, her life was shit. Yeah, her life was shitty. And I want to get into that later in the podcast. Yeah. Sorry, this is so downer, everybody. It's a downer. We'll tell some fart jokes at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm not really—I take back my apology, but it is a downer episode if this is, like, hard for you to listen to because it's the reality of life, which also includes death. Mm -hmm. And the last couple weeks of someone's life doesn't always go well. Mm -mm. It's not always pretty. If that's hard for you to listen to, if this is triggering for you, then you don't have to listen to this podcast. I understand you know, turn it off if it's hard for you. You can go back and listen to a funny one. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is real life, though. Yeah. So one really hard moment, I think, was huh, maybe Wednesday, the day before you got there. Mm-hmm. So she died first thing on Friday morning at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So this was Wednesday afternoon, I believe. My sisters and I had had a meeting at the hospital with a doctor and some uh, caseworkers about her situation. and. The doctor wanted to transition her into hospice care, okay, mm-hmm. which essentially means comfort care. So they basically undo everything. Yeah. Well, they took her oxygen levels down. She was on 17 liters or something of oxygen, which is crazy amounts. Yeah, she oxygen. needed oxygen to stay alive. Well, she, she had pneumonia. Right. But the idea was to bring her gradually back down to six, which is sort of a normal—five to six is a normal like, at-home level.
1: hmm
0: And— Unhook the iV that was the idea mm-hmm. then she would just slowly pass, right, yeah, well, we wanted her to know this. we didn't want to do everything. she was still sort of coherent, mm-hmm. barely, but we didn't want to make these decisions without her knowing and agreeing, hopefully, right mm-hmm. so we had we went back into her room, and the doctor was explaining what was happening and watching her face grasp the meaning of what he was saying when he told her she was dying and that would she be okay with transitioning to this comfort care and trying to explain what that was. Yeah. And seeing the realization on her face. Wow. Understanding that it was over. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, baby. (sighs)
0: Yeah. And then my sister said but mom, it's going to be okay. You're going to see Jesus, which is what my mom has always believed, right? Mm -hmm. She looked at us with so much fear in her eyes and said, do you think so? She didn't think she was worthy. Yeah. You know, I don't think it was about doubting that any of it was true. I think she still believed that there's a heaven for worthy people, but she wasn't going to get there. Yeah, And then we were saying, of co- Mom, of course, of course we think so, right? And she said, so this was the last real conversation I remember her having. She said, I'm having what people call a dark night of the soul. So she was having a faith crisis right there at the
1: end. Fucking religion. I know. Honestly, like tormenting people from beginning to end and everything in between.
0: I know. And it was so heartbreaking because here is someone who has fallen on the sword for her religion. Mm -hmm. She put it above everything. Yeah. She told us one time she put God before her relationship with her children. She didn't need to say that. We already knew. Yeah, she lived that way. She lived it. Right. All the pain, all the feeling of being separate from her because I was never good enough. And she reminded me, essentially. All of that pain, all of her grandstanding and pushing me away for this faith to get to the end and have doubts about it. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point of throwing away that relationship over something that you're not even sure is for you?
1: Mm -hmm. I don't understand. When it came right down to it, she still didn't feel good enough for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking religion. Fucking religion.
0: Fucking religion. I know. She missed that whole grace and forgiveness and love of Jesus. Yeah. She chose to concentrate on the vengeful God, Sky Daddy.
1: Yeah. In her last moments it was it was it was it was asshole sky daddy yeah judgmental sky daddy not loving welcome home yeah god did this poor woman has just been tormented her entire life by religion i know
0: because you know if i believed in that heaven with jesus and the father figure and the whole business it better be like a fucking airport welcoming where the signs. Oh, hell yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, welcome home, Catherine. Yep. You know? I mean, that's what I would want. That's what I would expect mm-hmm. if I had this faith that she had. But did she have it?
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure she thought she did. Yeah. But in that moment where she realizes she's dying very yeah. soon, and then the fear, you know? I know. And that's another thing. <laughs> If you're afraid to die, and your fear comes from believing that your maker will send you to a burning inferno because yeah. you weren't good enough, why believe in that guy? Holy guys? shit!
0: Why would you take that on if that's even like a really good percentage of your end game? Yeah, why
1: would you even bother with it? Yeah, I always um, thought people would be afraid to die because of the unknown, mm. but mm. at this point now, I'm like, I'd rather be dying thinking, oh, I don't know what happens. I'm a little scared because I don't know what happens. I mean, that's one thing, but being scared because you feel like this being that you've worshipped and give everything to might be like, uh, nah, Catherine, sorry, you're going to hell.
0: Well, Fuck. it just explains so much Yeah, about her childhood. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about that. Okay. You know, we had talked about on the narcissism podcast about that narcissistic wound and hers was a doozy. You know, it wasn't just one thing. It was a lot of things that yeah. made her feel like her father figure in heaven could potentially reject her. Mm-hmm. It says everything about her past and her upbringing. So should we crack a joke or something before the commercial break? Knock, knock. Who's <laughs>
1: there? I don't know. I don't, I don't okay. have one.
0: <laughs> we'll get into that after this break. We're back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Catherine. Catherine's parents were uh, never in love, from what I can tell. It was a different time. Mom was born in 1932. It was a rough time back then. Yeah. You know, it was coming right off the Depression. It just was a part in history where kids were sort of seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, she doesn't remember her parents really saying they loved her. You know, she had really fond memories of spending time at her grandparents' house, but I would say the same thing. So her grandfather was a teacher at actually the high school that I went to in New York State, and her grandmother was his student. And so uh, they had an affair. I don't think he was married. Uh, they had an affair. Well, he was an adult and she was a child. Yep. Mm-hmm. When she was probably 16, I think she was pregnant at 16. And from gave her birth. school teacher. Yep, from her yep. school teacher. Okay. I don't know if he was fired or he quit or what happened, but they got married. So that was the beginning of the relationship there. Mm-hmm. That's how that got started. And mom never really thought that he was in love with her. He just felt the obligation to marry her. Yeah. Sounds like a great start to a, a marriage with your pedophile teacher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the beginning of that. And this is your,
1: this is Catherine's parents? Grandparents. Catherine's grandparents. grandparents.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she always talked about how fond she was of them and how they had such a great relationship. But then she told me this story about how she was over there spending the night and her grandmother and her aunt were brushing her hair and getting her ready for bed and stuff. And I guess she had a lot of tangles and so it was hurting. And then they were complaining, trying to chastise her for eating too much candy And she just wasn't having a great night. Mm -hmm. She was this little kid being yelled at for eating too much candy. They're just knots in her hair and it's hurting. She's like, you know, I don't think I want to spend the night tonight. So she had the maid, yes, this is the situation, call her father who worked in the area to come pick her up. Mm. So she left for the night. Next time her grandmother saw her, she said, Catherine, you know, you used to be my favorite, but now your sister Emily is my favorite. Because she had her feelings hurt, Hmm. The mom left.
1: So, yeah. That wow. was loving. Yeah. Kids uh, kids thrive on uh, things like you're not my favorite anymore. Yeah. Passive aggressive right.
0: language. Yeah. Right. Ay-ay-ay. Yeah. And she has super fond memories of them. And I'm like, huh, that is a horrible mm-hmm. memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know what other situations happened over there, but I know that she had a cousin who was so frustrated with trying to teach her how to swim she held her under the water heard that story Wow uh, she had another sister she was tagging along I think they were six years apart so she the older sister was frustrated that mom was tagging along when she was hanging out with friends and mom was on roller skates and kept falling. So her sister dragged her home along the gravel she got uh, gravel embedded in her kneecaps in her Jeez. knees under the skin her mother had to scrub them out ouch and mom was under the impression
1: she still had a little
0: gravel in there
1: so wow. it was there wasn't a lot of love no going around you know well, i don't think i know what your mom's parents were
0: like they had a horrible relationship turned out her father was having an affair with a secretary or something oh her mother just had no coping skills like mm-hmm. she just couldn't adult like she mm-hmm. couldn't handle life mm-hmm. and she um, would be on meds today yeah she would be on medication and probably fine yeah they'd be help for her yes but she would have anxiety and panic attacks and you know they called them nervous breakdowns back right, then. back then yeah and this would happen uh she was super needy and her marriage was on the rocks for a long time and she would just beg and beg and beg her husband not to leave her <sighs> so what do you
1: think he did I'm guessing left her? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Left her, fled across the country with, I think, his secretary at the time. So this was in New York State, moved to California. Wow. My mother never heard from him again when she was 14. So abandoned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The next year, my father moved in across the street with his wife and stepson. Mm -hmm. They started having an affair.
1: Your mom. My mother... And my father, who was so your father is married. Living across the street. And your mother was how old? Fifteen. Fifteen, living at home. Yeah. And now having an affair yeah, with the older married man across the street. Right. So he would have been 39. So almost 40 and she's 15. Yeah. And I am throwing this in there, um, probably major daddy issues. Oh, <laughs> sure. She was an easy target for a good-looking older gentleman across the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and I mean, thirty-nine. I wouldn't even. I mean, you're still young-looking. I could see where you might have a crush on an older guy, but for that older guy to take advantage of a teenager—and that's your dad grooming. Yeah, a teenage girl grooming a teenage girl. Wow, that is my father. Did
1: that. That's a whole shitstorm to unpack, right? Yeah.
0: And so my mother begged her mother to send her away to like a boarding school or something. Send mm-hmm. her away. She didn't want to be around him. He was super charismatic, good looking, funny, mm-hmm. uh, super intelligent, charming. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be away from him. She begged her mother. Her mother, who was only five years older than my father by the way, was in their social circle. She wanted to continue being in their social circle, and she had this idea that if Catherine, the bait, Mm -hmm. left, that she would no longer get to be in their social circle. So she refused to send my mother away. So I knew my parents had had an affair, Mm -hmm. and all this was normalized for us somehow, that we had this father who
1: could have been a grandfather. Like, it was made to be normal for us growing up. How old, real quick interjection, how old do you think you were when you finally started clicking that this was not a normal situation?
0: Yeah, Uh, probably high school. Yeah. You know, I mean, sort of that age when you start to see your parents for who they really are, you know. I always knew it was weird Mm -hmm. to have a father that much older Mm -hmm. that never quite felt normal, even though— you know, it was just our dad. You know, we yeah. were just made to feel normal, but it never quite felt exactly normal, right? And you know, people would say, "Is that your grandfather?" Mm-hmm. You know, then when you start doing the math, and you're, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was fifty eight when I was born, so never completely normal, even though they tried to normalize it. Mm-hmm. And also, what is weird? Like, I look at your relationship with your ex husband, and and you're involved. You know, I mean, you two talk all the time. Mm-hmm. You're involved. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of it has to do with raising kids, but my father never spoke of his previous marriage, never, ever, ever. Wow. And I didn't even find out, okay, you guys, this is a big trigger warning. We are about to talk about suicide and abortion. So if that is triggery for you, then please take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Feel free to turn off the podcast. Please do what you need to do. But I discovered my father had a stepson. When I learned of the guy's
1: suicide, okay, so you didn't even know. Didn't even know he existed. Yeah, until you found out that he had died by suicide.
0: Yeah, that's wow. correct. That's when I found that out. Uh, one time, I asked my father what was the name of his first wife, and he said, uh, "I don't, I don't remember." Wow, well, brush we, it all yeah. away. Yeah. So that never seemed quite right. Yeah, like there were certain things that just never really felt quite right mm-hmm. you know but uh you just brush it under the rug you just keep going you don't think about it it's not that i had a horrible childhood it's just that there was a lot of pain that led to my childhood mm mm-hmm. really so this is what i just discovered recently my mother you know i kind of al- always knew that she was sort of trying to write a memoir or something like yeah it was more than a journal it was printed out in a three-ring binder with sort of an index or mm-hmm. a table of contents or something, so it felt more like a book. And I knew about it. It was in her living room on full display mm-hmm. when she was in the hospital. It didn't occur to me to not look at it. Right, I would have looked at it. So I looked at it mm-hmm. and discovered that when she
1: was seventeen, she got pregnant, and by your married to someone else's father, right? Who was twenty something years older that lived across twenty four years
0: older. I lived across the street. Yes. So he knew a doctor from the army who could perform an abortion. Mm -hmm. And my mother's mother, so my grandmother, paid for it. So here are these adults making these decisions for my teenage mother about her child and about her future. Wow. So she had an abortion when she was 17. Later, when they were married— She gave birth to a son who died about six or seven days later. Mm -hmm. Okay. She wrote in this memoir that she believed God punished her for that abortion by
1: taking the life of her son. Yeah. That belief in Sky Daddy Mm is just. And in addition, let's pretend that there is a, a horrible Sky Daddy that doles out punishment in such a horrible way. Your mom was a minor when she was pregnant and had the abortion. She was, she was not in control of her life at all. Your father was a full-ass adult taking advantage of her. Her mother was a full-ass adult, not wanting to probably deal with the shame of a pregnant teenage daughter and wanting to stay in this cool social circle with your father and all this. Like, yeah, why, why would she ever feel at fault for
0: that? Well, hear her, her exact words. God does not let sin go unpunished. Ugh. That's why. Because that's who she viewed God as.
1: A it vengeful just God. Makes sense why she was scared. Like worse than scared before yeah. she died.
0: Oh, another thing I forgot to mention when she was a kid, I don't know how old she was. A friend of her father's sexually molested her and she told her parents, and her father said, oh, yeah, that sounds like something he would do. God. That was his reaction.
1: Ah.
0: My mother was dealt a shit hand in life. She was dealt a really, really shitty hand, and I have a lot of compassion for her. Yeah. Do I think she's completely off the hook for pushing me away? And thinking I wasn't good enough, no. Mm-mm. Those two are not mutually exclusive. Right. But I do understand why she did it. Yeah. Based on her upbringing. Didn't make it easier, but I understand. And sure. I have compassion for her. So that's uh pretty much the story of Catherine. Ooh.
1: And I can only imagine that you being down there this whole time while she's dying— you know those stories bouncing around in your head or after she passed away you and i would just be kind of hanging out just relaxing and you'd all of a sudden say oh, my mom's dead yeah like you would forget and then you'd remember and yeah. it was this surge of like weird emotions and you know do i feel relief do i feel sadness do i feel and then i forgot and then oh wow yeah my mom's dead we'll never talk on the phone again right we'll never like anything it's all we will never again blah 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 to me it felt like you were you were feeling a lot of this is final. This won't ever happen again. And yeah. that, I think, for you is hard to digest.
0: For sure. Yeah. Because even if someone is in your life and they've been in your life your entire life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even if you have a rocky relationship, the fact that they're no longer there is substantial. Sure. You know, yeah. that there's still a grieving process that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it is, I, gosh, I wish... I wish we could have been closer. But the thing is, even if mom didn't have religion, Mm -hmm. which sort of failed her at the end. (laughs) Yeah. But even if she didn't have that, she still had a huge narcissistic wound. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't have changed how she raised me, except for the religion part. Right. I still wouldn't have been good enough because mom projects, you know, we project a lot of what we're going through onto others. Yeah. My mother wasn't worthy How could her children be worthy? And possibly she started out thinking, oh, I get a do-over in the lives of my children. But because we didn't measure up to exactly how she pictured us, Mm -hmm. we weren't good enough. But that's exactly how she felt about herself. Yeah. Yeah. This shit's so complicated. Oh,
1: it is. I mean, with my parents, very similar. I mean, they're not dying at this point. They will eventually, but it's just, it's so complicated. I yeah. love them. I hate them. They fucked me up. They did their best. They were, you know, yeah. there's just, it's... it's yeah, it's all of it. It's all of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to highlight just how complicated this is, and I think um, you listeners out there who have, who share different values, beliefs, religion, whatever, from your parents you'll understand this, Mary has no love for religion, obviously. Religion has been abusive to her as far as being raised in a household where her mom was super religious. But in those final hours, Mary, I think, and you know, (laughs) tell me if I'm wrong, but Mary wanted to comfort her mom and knowing that her mom was so religious, she decided to sing a very Jesus-y song mm. to her mom when mary told me that it just for uh, it's just a beautiful thing it's almost like it's such a tightrope to walk because on one side you're like i fucking hate religion i hate what this did to you mom i hate what it did to me um i hate that your belief in jesus as warped as it was it just was it just fucked you up and then fucked me up and yeah but also in that moment you were like but i know she believes that Jesus is her savior and Jesus, blah, blah. And so I'm going to sing this song that will comfort her, even though I— I don't believe it myself, I, I don't necessarily. believe it myself.
0: And, you know, here's the thing. I, I have a weird relationship with Jesus. I don't mm-hmm. have anything really against Jesus. Mm-hmm. The only people who truly fuck up Christianity are Christians. True. They're the—yeah. They're the, I mean, if you read the words of Jesus, he sounded like a pretty cool dude, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Right. But your mom's brand of Jesus oh, was yeah. not something that you would subscribe to.
0: No, because she concentrated on the the sin part and how unworthy everybody is and how we're all going to hell. I mean, like (laughs) she missed the love and grace of Jesus completely. Yeah. She missed it. Yeah. So I don't have anything against Jesus. Right. It's the religion part. Yeah. And the judgment and holding everybody's lives up to examine and Mm -hmm. pass judgment over and pronounce them sinners yeah like why is that up to humans to do that to one another no
1: i i I don't get it i get it i mean i don't get it i get (laughs) i get that there's you don't get it like it's hard i get it Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't have a problem with jesus yeah but i
0: also felt like she needed to feel like jesus wanted her yeah because she was missing that right so I sang the song, and I botched it because I'm looking at the lyrics now, and I totally messed them up. Oh, <laughs> I well. was trying to remember how the song went, but it's called Softly and Tenderly. It sort of goes, Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. I'm not going to sing any more than that.
1: Well, you you, just, got me all, you <laughs> just got me all teary, baby. <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll find some of the song and put it in here. But anyway, I was trying to make her feel like she was welcome at God's house, right? Yeah. Isn't that where she wants to go? Yeah. She wanted to get there with everything in her being. And the idea that you get at the end and you don't even believe it's real, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. That's probably the most heartbreaking part of all of this. Yeah. The mom's belief system that pushed me away Mm -hmm. was not a guarantee for her. And she felt unworthy. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. That is heartbreaking.
1: I just hope wherever she is right now that she's at peace and that she feels love. Yeah. I, I don't fucking know what happens when you die. It's but I just, hope it's a loving environment for yeah, her. Absolutely. It's just so complicated. Yeah.
0: I hope she can finally feel good enough.
1: Yes. Wherever she is.
0: Yeah. That's what I hope for you, Mom. So I guess we should wrap up this episode. Okay. Uh, we'll do patrons another time, everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. We have five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we do. We'll save them until next mm-hmm. time. Oh, Mary, I think you're wonderful. I think you handle all this with your mom like a fucking champ. I didn't expect you to be so soft and caring and just so wonderful with her the last few weeks. just has been, I love you.
0: Mm, Thank you. I love you. Thanks, hon. You're welcome.
1: Want to go make out? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Give me a minute. Okay. All right.
0: (laughs) Oh, I do want to talk about one sort of patrony type thing. Okay. (laughs) We'll end on a a note that's not uh, about death. How about that? I like it. So we started a GoFundMe, Mm -hmm. and I decided to use it towards this uh, microphone fund, okay? So we're trying to get new travel mics. Mm Mm-hmm. And people are starting to contribute. That's so fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who is contributing so far. If you would like to contribute to our microphone fund, what we want to do is record a podcast that won't be depressing, I promise. It'll be (laughs) some sort of thing we haven't talked about. Maybe some sort of interesting thing about you and me. Mm. Mm, Okay. We'll have to figure out what can be exclusive content. I want to do an exclusive podcast podcast for people who are helping support us in various ways. I like it. So either through this GoFundMe or on Patreon or Marco Polo channels, because we're going to use the money
1: to buy these rather expensive (laughs) microphones. Mm -hmm. So we sound good when we have to do roadcasts. That's right. We're going to sound
0: like fantastic. Okay. Also, GoFundMe doesn't seem to have a way of collecting email addresses. I'm going to need to send a link out with that podcast when we record it. So uh, if you want to send a little note saying that, oh, yeah, I I supported you on GoFundMe for the microphone, then I'll have your email address. That is contact at latterdaylesbian.org. And if you would like to support us financially, thank you, thank you, thank you. It'd be amazing. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. We really, really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Well, we're going to wrap this one up let's thank dan from extension audio thanks for leaving it in dan thank you dan uh everybody please steer clear of those cults because they're no joke no joke at all talk to you later bye